Welcome to episode 12 of Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. These stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. I bring each guest on due to specific stories they have shared with me, ones that I think will make you laugh or help you grow. Get ready. This episode with my friend Average Joe is going to be a hilarious one. I love this story that he shared. He told me a few years ago, and we've been talking about him coming on and sharing it on the podcast. It's messy, and it's random, and it's too good not to share. So I know you will enjoy this conversation with my friend Joe. I always have a great time hanging out with him. Just seeing him puts a smile on my face. He's a fun dude to be around. So get ready to enjoy this. Again, if you like it, please share it. It's so fun to see every time we put up a new podcast, just new people listening to it and enjoying the stories from dads everywhere. And uh, if you know a great dad that you think would be fun to have on the podcast, shoot an email over to ned at rebelandcreate.com. And if you have any questions or thoughts, shoot me an email. Love to hear from you. This episode is going to be a great one. I'm so looking forward to hanging out with my good friend, Average Joe, who's sitting here in the office. Oh, hello. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a great time. So uh, Joe has a hilarious story that we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, One that I can still see is a little shameful on his face. (laughs) But I said, you know what? We need something lighthearted. We need something real and authentic. Come on here. Let's talk about your story. Let's do it. So uh, welcome, Joe. Thank you. So the first time I met you, um, I asked your name and you said Average Joe. So that's how you introduced yourself to me. There you go. Do you introduce yourself that way to other people? I don't I know. Don't, I don't think no? so. Was that the only time you've done that? Um, probably not. No. I, I feel like it was like a way to remember it, you know? Like just your so you're, yeah, show. I mean, that was like probably seven years ago or oh, so. Yeah, yeah. And Something it's like your your name is still saved in my phone as Average Joe. And I'm proud of it. Yeah, there you I go. love it. So is there a reason behind it? Just memorable and funny? I guess I guess that, that speaks to my psyche. I don't know. I just feel average. Yeah. <laughs> or you like to joke. You seem like you like there to There we laugh. go. Let's go with that. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably what I said, but <laughs> okay. So, um, as I get to get started, I like to kind of give people um, an understanding of who's sitting here. So, how old are you? I'm 37. 37. I got you beat by a year. All right. 36. Oh, beat the right way. Yeah, younger. <laughs> I was like, wait, I was like doing math in my head. I was like, okay. How long have you been married? I've been married 19. 19- no, 17 years. 17 years? It's 2019. When's your wedding anniversary? July 14th, 2002. Oh, see, I was just putting you on the spot because, I mean, you spit that out fast. Yeah. The years was a little hesitation, but the date, Yeah. you were Johnny on the spot. It's five days before my birthday, okay. so I turned 20 on our And what year did you get married? 2002. 2002, you turned 20. 
on our honeymoon. On your honeymoon. Yeah. No <clears throat> way. So I got married in 2004. Okay. On July 10th. Okay. So four days off. Yeah. And I turned 21 six days before our wedding. Okay. Yeah. We you're, were babies. You're an independence baby? Yep. Fourth of July. Wow. Mm-hmm. And my twins were born on Fourth of July. America. America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so 19 years, and how many kids do you have? Two. And how old are they? And two fur babies. I'm just kidding. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> two fur babies? Okay, you want to talk about your dogs instead of your kids? No, 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 no. You're one of those guys? What did you say? How, how old are they? Sorry. <laughs> how old are your kids? 11, and Reagan turns 7 tomorrow. Dang, yeah. that's cool. Okay. It's 11 and 7. So 11 and 7. So you guys hung out for a few years before you had kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, cool. We didn't do that. Yeah? No, we found out on our one-year anniversary she was pregnant. Okay. It wasn't a planned. Yeah. But that was fun. Yeah. So you waited a few years. So what did you guys do in those almost uh, seven, eight years, six, six, six years, years yeah. before you had kids? Well, I wish I could say we traveled all over and and yeah. lived it up, but we were young, young 20-somethings and young didn't and have any money. Po. Yeah. So... We did go on a couple cool road trips. We were thinking about moving out of... It's just too hard to move away from family. Yeah, so. so you hung out, started life, yeah. had your jobs. Tried to save up and get a house and all that. Nice. Make all the right decisions. I guess, So yeah. are you guys planners? Uh, yes and no. Your I wife's guess. the planner? Yes and no. I don't know. Like We both have that in us, but then yeah. we're just not... I guess organized to follow through. I don't know. <laughs> well, you planned it well. You you enjoyed some time together before you had kiddos. Yeah. So you probably did it the right way. She, she just wanted to get out of the house, so that's why we got married so young. She was she was looking to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you were the um, knight and knight in shining armor. Yeah. Okay, so every day you do something to provide for your family and get up and go make a difference in the world. What is it that you do? Like for a job? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm a school teacher. So you mold minds. Oh, yes. Kind of like school rock status? But not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a teacher and <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Teacher. Okay. So we see who average Joe is. Yep. Pretty average. Nah. <laughs> I like your Oakland A's hat. Thank you. I love the A's. We're doing great right now. I did. Huh? Yeah. I did until... One baseball player ruined baseball for me when I was like 10 years old. Okay. Yep. Had every single baseball card. Ricky Henderson. Okay. Thanks a lot. Every baseball card. Go to a baseball game. And after the game, I'm like literally the only kid left in the whole field. And I'm running around. He's out on the field. And I'm yelling his name, Ricky. And he, he looks at me and he points at like, go outside and I'll come sign your stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, parents, let's go. So we go out there, standing by the gate with a hundred other people, you know. And I'm like waving, like it's he's gonna remember me. And he grabs the security guard, sends him outside the gate. Gets two good-looking ladies. They come in, roll up to his nice-ass car, and signs their stuff. And then they walk out, and he takes off. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, that drive home is awful, bro. I gave up. I was like, screw you guys. I'm done. I did see the picture over here in the Giants gear. Yeah. I I won't judge. My 
my f- wife's family likes the Giants, and I dig, I do dig baseball games. Yeah. So it's so fun to go, oh, and yeah. I like going to San Francisco and seeing the Giants because. Just like all the people and walking around and hanging out and eating food and getting along. Yeah. You know, it's a great way to see people get along. So, yes. Rebel and Create. Rebel yes. and Create is a mantra of mine. A few years ago, you know, it just came to me to rebel against the expectations that either the world or that I have for myself as a man. And create the family, the life, the, the world that I think I was designed to or meant to be here for and it can apply to so many things um, rebelling against something but not just for the sake of rebelling but to create something out of that so what is something that you are rebelling against I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But... It will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. All right. So when you told me, you know, I was going to be on the podcast and I started listening, I mm-hmm. started thinking up stuff in the head, in my head and like, what am I going to say to that question? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I thought I had it all figured out up until today. And, uh, sat down with the wife before I came over here and she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, so I want to hear the other thing after this. <laughs> Should I say that one first? No, or? no, no. Okay. So she's like, always better to lead with whatever your wife encouraged that's you to a, do. That's a very good point. Yeah. See? Um, and so she said, you know, this kind of thing's easier for someone else to say about you rather than you to say about yourself. Mm. And so I was like, okay. And I was so, I was so ready for her to. Just come up with something lame so I could be like, no, no, that was dumb. But then she came up with something good and I liked it. Um, So I'm rebelling against, I guess, I got to be careful how I say this, against my, like my, my temper, I guess. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what I grew up seeing. And I, and I say that lightly and I hope we can talk about that. But I grew up in a, had a great childhood, loved my dad to death. Both parents to death. Sorry, sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there was there was some things like my dad had a little bit of a temper, and and you know, like a kid, you're scared of your dad or whatever when yeah. he gets upset. And so, I I just you know when I had kids, I always wanted to be just mellow and mm. you know handle situations like that, relaxed. And so I'm, I'm rebelling against my nature to be angry. I guess get fired up quick. Yeah, yeah. 
So you're rebelling against a situation where you get angry. So do you have an example? Yes. So last baseball season, Noah was playing baseball and I was coaching and he, for some reason with this team, like was just always up to bat with two outs in the last inning and someone on, you know, maybe we'd be down by a couple or one, or maybe we'd be down by a lot, but he's, he just was always up with two outs and the game was about to be over. And this night he struck out and you could tell he was just super bummed. And so I thought I was being Mr. Super dad by being like, Oh, it's cool, man. No worries. Yeah. It I don't, happens. It, it happens. Yeah. Is you that know, how you felt? Oh, absolutely. I, I could care less. You know, it's just 10 year old baseball or whatever. It's not, but you care enough to be a coach. Yeah, it was the second time I tried it. He's probably played six years, and I've coached or assistant coached twice. Yeah, just because I like to be involved and stuff. So you care about the sport, and you care about him playing, and you're engaged with him at the games, but you don't care if he strikes out or if he hits yeah. the ball. Yeah, because he he generally does pretty good. Um, and the the other two coaches that were with us had the two oldest kids on the team were their sons. Mm. And so they were really into it and really into winning. And so I think them being like that kind of just turned me off and yeah. made me be like, ah, whatever, you For know? For sure. So I thought I was being good, but he he just couldn't get over the fact that he struck out and he was really bummed. And I was like, no, like what, you know, I'm telling you I don't care. Your mom doesn't care. Like what, why are you so upset? Like what's the matter? And he's just like, well, people, people are upset that I, you know, got the last out or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, who cares? Like. Why do they care? What what does their opinion matter? They're not here. They're not, you right. know, who cares? And so I was just, I was really trying to drive it home that it, it's not important. We'll get him next time, whatever. And he just couldn't shake it. And I don't remember how it went down, but he kind of like raised his voice at me, like about why he was upset. And I, I like a, like a switch flipped and I just started screaming at him. Like, don't yell at me. Don't you raise your voice. Like, yeah. I don't think I cussed at him. I, I'm ashamed to say this, but he's heard me use bad words before. But I, it My was kids just have like never a. Heard me cuss. You're a better father than I am. So there you it go. is not true. <laughs> it is not true. But you know, not that that's important or anything. But I just, I just remember like, and then as it's happening, I'm just sitting there like almost like watching myself yeah, do this. I'm just like, what, a, what an idiot! Like, I don't know. But then once you're all fired up like that, you can't just be like turn it off and be like, it's "Oh, I'm sorry." Down. Yeah. It really is. So he, and as soon as I raised my voice, he just like like froze. Like you could see the fear in his eyes, and I was like, "It hurt. It hurt. It was. It sucks." So, you know, we're we live close to the field, so we kind of was drove. it just you and him? At, like, in the, yeah. Where were you guys when that happened? In my truck. And, oh, so you guys were driving home. Mm-hmm. I think because the games like go late, so Jackie uh, took our daughter home and uh they were already home going to bed so we get home probably didn't say much else the rest of the ride and i just said go get ready for bed and then he's he's still crying by the time he's ready to go to bed and i just sit down next to him and i just sat there and he was crying for a little while i just sat there tried to let him calm down and while he was calming down i, I started looking up verses and about anger and stuff and so I said, you know, Noah, tonight I had a opportunity to do the right thing, and I completely did the wrong thing. I said, like, how stupid was that to yell at you 
not to yell at me. Like, that doesn't even make sense. If it's wrong to raise your voice, I shouldn't have done it. You know, I don't know. And then we read some verses about anger and, you know, how it's bad and fools get angry and stuff mm. like that. And Dude, that sounds know. amazing. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> have there been other times where you've yelled at him or got angry, I should say, at your kids and then not gone in and apologized? So is that what you're creating is, is being more aware or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I think I'm pretty good at apologizing. My students are always telling me I say sorry too much and I don't know. And that's not really apologizing. That's just like a weird habit that I have. But yeah, usually when I do something wrong, I know it and it's with your you kids. Know, yeah. As yeah. soon as I calm down, I'm, I feel like I'm okay. At, but how often is that? Well, I was, I don't think I've had a big one like that since since Noah well yeah I mean that was only half a year ago but it, it I don't feel like it comes up too often and I also say that story cautiously not to make it sound like oh look at me handle this the right way and you know I do yeah, this yeah, so perfectly yeah. like you know I, I it just it, it felt right and that was what I did that night and it felt good after yeah and you could tell he was his mood totally changed and I think he appreciated that but you know. I think it's awesome for our kids to see us learning about ourselves. Yeah. Because, like, isn't it weird how I always thought when I would become an adult that you would just figure it out. Yeah. Like, sometimes <laughs> even when I go to my kids' back-to-school nights or, I don't know, whatever they do at schools at night, yeah. you know, where you go as a parent, yeah. I look around and I see some of the parents. I'm like, dude, they just look like they got their life together. Huh. You know, like they look like moms and dads, but I look like a freaking mom and dad with my wife, right? It's the uh-huh. same thing. But I, in my head, sometimes I just feel like, dude, I am still figuring out life. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. I almost feel like that's just the whole thing. That's the whole life is you're just figuring it out. And then you die. And then you die. <laughs> but I think that if we can start to get that sooner, yeah, even the dying part, if we can get that sooner, like yeah. I'm going to die. Nobody else has it all figured out. So like maybe that just takes the freaking pressure off of us yeah. to yeah. enjoy our life. Like life is messy. Life is full of work. Those are actually good things. Um, yeah. The thing that I love, because we kind of started talking about that, is for our kids to see us learning about ourselves. You know, and not just us pretending like we have it figured out. Because mm-hmm. we don't, we sh- the hope is that we should grow from last year. I guess that's my struggle in this is like, yeah. my dad pushes me back on the word better. So it's like, I've said I want to become better. You know, like next year I want to be better than I am this year. And he's always telling me like, kind of pushing on the word better. And I get it because it's not that there's anything wrong with me now. Yeah. But, but I think what I've kind of resolved to think in my head is like a year from now, I want to grow. So like the getting angry at my kid or being able to acknowledge it. And so a year or two years or whatever, now I know the triggers. Now I know, I mean, cause dude, when we first got married, I think I kind of put a couple holes in the walls with mm-hmm. my fists to then using foul language when I'm mad Yeah. to then yelling to then, now being, you know, and I don't have it, dude, I'm not perfect at all, yeah. but now being able to like go, if I say this or do that or act this way, I know that it's going to make, it's going to, I'm going to want to jump to this, that, or the other. Hmm. So it's like, I'm not punching the wall. 
that means I didn't grow at all the last 15 years. Yeah. All right. So as you said what you're rebelling against, like if you were to put it in a sentence, what are you rebelling against? Are you rebelling against what? I don't want to say words I'm rebelling about. against my temper. Yeah. Is that all right? So then out of that, what do you want to create? I want to create a happy, peaceful home where my kids are open and feel comfortable telling me stuff, coming talking to me, where we do lots of family time together and stuff. Do you feel like that culture is in your house now? I do. I think there's a lot of ways to improve on it. I mean, even that this podcast is brought to my attention and that I'm working on and stuff. And we haven't talked about my dislike for my job yet. Mm. And it's it's getting better over the 13 years that I've been doing it. But I think a big reason that keeps me there is the time that it provides for my family. So, you know. Dude, that's huge, man. Yeah. That's a gift to your family. Because, I mean, the thing is, is we do have to go work every day. Yeah. And I've said this before, but somebody's doing your dream job and they hate it. I love that. Yeah, because it's like, and that's what Rebel and Create really birthed in me in the beginning and writing the book was that I thought I'd be doing something cool and sexy. Yeah. And I sell insurance, which is a great job for my family. Yeah. And all of us have to get up and do something. You got you got time off to build a treehouse. Yeah, dude. I mean, and honestly, so I took yesterday, today, and tomorrow off to build a treehouse yeah. with my brother. I had built a lot of it a year ago, but... I got to a point where like my capabilities were not sufficient. And, um, dude, we worked yesterday and today all day outside carrying lumber and doing this stuff. And my my brother is, I told him multiple times, dude, you are a beast. Like you do this every day, all day, just out. And I mean, he's hustling. He is working his freaking butt off super hard that's awesome my hands hurt right now my (laughs) body hurts and i go you know what i'm thankful i'm thankful for my job but that job's cool too you know what he does is awesome at the end of the day he gets to look up and see he built a house or a tree house or something so there's kind of this i I think sometimes more immediate like dude i built something because i think we were made for that you know which is hard which is hard in what you do or i do sometimes um so you said a few things that stuck out to me okay. that were cool. So you said it's getting better. So yeah. it's getting better. How's it getting better? I mean, this is very, I guess, I don't know, circumstantial, but this year I don't have freshmen. Mm. And it's the first year in all the years I've done this. They're not so fresh. It's nice to not have to deal with that this year. So the job you have provides summers off with your kids, yeah. home, not at seven, you know, after a long commute, you're home at a reasonable hour. Yeah. So you're creating this culture in your family. And you said this, you said a word, you want to have a house that's open. You want your kids to trust, to talk to you. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Who thinks of that stuff when their kids are just getting into that right age where you're creating the space for them to, right? You're not yeah. saying this to your kid's 15 and you've already you know, not been in that position. Your kid's 11. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's killer. Like you're about to go. What, what grade is your kid in? He is going to sixth or he's in sixth. Sorry. Six. School just started my bad. Yeah. So he just started and he's in sixth grade. Sixth and, oh my gosh. Yeah. Dude, this is the time. And if this is the time that you and I as dads, like, I think a lot of times we might think it is too late. 
yeah. you know, but now's the perfect. I got two middle schoolers too. Yeah. And it's like, do we have that thing where you could tell me anything and I won't get mad? Yeah. And then do they believe us? Do we actually follow through on that? And even if, even if they don't think we'll get mad, like what if, it, what if they're embarrassed or something? It's just something they are shameful about or something or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sheesh. I mean, it's stuff happens. You're in middle school and you start to figure yourself out yeah. and figure out who you want to hang out with. I, mean, I guess there's, there's some stuff I don't, I don't want to tell me. I don't know, but I don't know. It's so hard and I'm not, I don't, yeah. I mean, I guess I gotta be ready, but yeah, I think that's the hard thing is like being ready as a parent to go. I remember what I was doing or thinking or maybe saying a cuss word at school or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it kind of yeah. depends where where they go to school and what what you expect from them already but yeah having that open conversation with them is good so why is that important to you why are you thinking about that now hmm that's a good question could you tell your parents anything i i i feel that way yeah except that the story that we want to talk about in a minute you haven't told them <laughs> sorry mom and dad so i don't know that's a, dude that's a good that's a good point i don't and I, I guess that's that's what I'm trying to. All the negative things I see in myself, I'm trying to, I don't know, avoid with him or or not have him go through. But then I also got to realize he's a human being and he's got to, he's not going to be perfect. And I, I don't, I feel bad just talking about him. You know, I have a daughter, both of them, but they're so different, and he's older, so he's yeah. older, and you probably it's like you relate to him because you're doing stuff with him. Your daughter's seven. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just still sweet and like. That's yeah. the thing that sucks, dude, is when your kids start to go, like they, my twins told me just at the end of last school year, I asked them about having somebody over to play. And they both looked at me like, like I was a moron. Uh -huh. They're like, we don't play with our friends. We hang out with our friends. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh my gosh, no. stab me in the heart. That's yeah. so freaking sad. Yeah. Playing is so much more fun than hanging out. Definitely. Definitely. Um... You, so when, you, when you asked me to do this podcast, you said you want to come over and play. I said, yeah. <laughs> Those are my exact words. I remember it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so you want to create a home that's open where your kids can talk about anything. Yes. Do you ever ask your kids hard questions that they might not think the same thing as you? Ooh, no. You got some I could ask. No, them? I don't. I huh. just that's a good, I like that question. I don't know. Like, are we okay with that? Are yeah. there some things that are not? Are some things not like such hardcore values to our home mm -hmm. that we're okay if our kids think different than us? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. What could we ask them? I don't feel like they're ready or they're old enough to have their own opinions yet. You know what I mean? I I don't. When does that happen? Do I don't know. I'd say middle school is when they start, start to explore to... stuff or at least have the option to. Yeah. I, I can, it's funny because back to the A's and Giants. So in the 89 World Series, um, my parents always took us to A's games, big A's fans. Nice. And I had to be seven. And I was like, Mom, is it right if I root for the Giants? And, <laughs> you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that many Giants players, or whatever. She's like, you can root for whoever you want to. And so I, I was a Giants fan that year. And, you know, the great earthquake happened. So look, you know, that's why I'm back to being an ace. <laughs> no, but you know, so I like Noah, I can see, uh, my son is like, when we talk about what baseball team he likes, he, you know, you can totally tell he's, 
he wants to be an A's fan because I am. Mm. But he doesn't know any players or anything. He's not that into it. But my daughter, we were watching the A's and the Angels play or something, and she's like, I like the red team. She like, <laughs> just doesn't care. She's like, I'm going to root for them. I just like their color better. Yeah. And would you say, I don't know, this family's an A's fan? Actually, my wife is uh, more like that. I mean, it's all jokingly, you know, yeah. but... I don't know. Yeah. I think that stuff's fun though. Like yeah. it's fun to have that banter. I think it's cool that your parents were like wrote root for whoever you want, be yourself. Yeah. Um so I like what you're creating. And I think I mean, even as we've been talking from the beginning, dude, you're a great dad. I, I think you're too hard. I think I think all <laughs> of us kidding. men and yeah. I feel like as I just as we talk to more dudes and I guess it's me too, it's like we're all so freaking hard on ourselves. I guess it's because we see the potential yeah. of what we hope for, but yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I miss the great things that I did today. You know, I just look at the shit things I didn't like, mm. you know, versus the good things or even the good things that I'm working on right now. You know, like the fact that you said you want your home to be a, a place that's safe and open for your kids and they're just getting into middle school. Like, tch, dude, mm. if all of us listening could do that. We'd have such better relationships with our kids through middle school and high school. Mm. And then even if we didn't, even if they're turds and they do stupid stuff, they can have this sense of grace from their parents that it's like, I love you regardless. And we have open conversation about things. I do think that there are some standards you set for sure, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want to let my kid just run rampant and be hurting everybody else in the family. For sure. But, um... I think that that balance might be a little different for everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but this stuff matters. And it's like, how often do we pause to really think about it and talk about it? It's almost a little stressful to think about it. Yeah. It's like, what do I do first? Yeah. It's funny because just before I came over here, I had a couple hours. And I was like, literally, Jackie had a headache. And she was like laying there trying to just get over the headache. And I was, you know, the kids were upstairs, I think, playing or something. And... I was just sitting there, I went on my phone, and I'm like, man, I'm about to go do a podcast on fatherhood, and I'm sitting here playing on my phone when I could be up there messing around, you know. I don't know. It's so hard, and it's like, it's got to be a daily thing. You just got to remind yourself, and, you know, you need time to unwind or, or whatever, yeah. but you can't be perfect. And But I don't. that's why I love this, that all the people that come on and just talk about putting their phone away when they get home or, you know. Stuff like that, I I I could use little stuff like that. Yeah, and I think I mean again, I think it's just being intentional, like you said. Is maybe sometimes you do, and maybe sometimes you don't. Yeah. But I guess it's like if you're thinking about it. Yeah. Who are you more of the time? Hmm. You know, not not you're just. I always put my phone away at five o'clock. Like yeah. it's a little unrealistic. You yeah. know, I need. After a long day, sometimes I need to unwind. So whatever that is that I like to do, you know, but if I'm always just all about me and not going, you know what? I got some energy left for my family. And dude, that's been a huge one for me that I've had to learn over the last few years is I get pissed at myself when I gave all these people during my eight to five, my best energy. Mm -hmm. You're serious. I'm going to give, you know, some someone I'm trying to sell insurance to for five years and I get snowed again and I gave them my best presentation, yeah. my hot cookies that I picked up and donuts or whatever crap I brought. Oh, I thought that was a metaphor. No. <laughs> Literal hot cookies. Literally, I would bring hot cookies to some 
meeting, you know, or whatever. It's like, I thought of it. I thought of the details. I made sure my presentation was on point. All the stuff to get a no or worse to get a yes too. you know, like, okay, whatever. And then I come home and I'm too tired for my family. Ugh. Yeah. Moron. When's the last time you brought your kids hot cookies? I don't try to give them any sugar Probably. anymore. I feel like <laughs> good. I feel like there's just sugar everywhere yeah. always. That's a good point. Remember how excited we would get in middle school for a pizza party? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do your kids get excited for pizza now? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, definitely it's not, not the same. same. I I don't mean to poop on your point there. But yeah, it's like Well, it's okay if they do, then they do. No, but I do I feel, feel like, like every that birthday is, party has pizza. Yeah, it's just normal, whatever. It's a Wednesday night, and I don't feel like making dinner, so buy oh. pizza. It's like it's so often. All right, I mean, I always tell my kids it was it was a treat when we got our report cards to go to Wendy's as when a you family were a kid. when I was a kid. Nice, and it was like you know, and they they still took us out to dinner every once in a while, but it was like it's Sunday after church. Let's yeah, go let's to just go let's go grab some fast grab, food. Yeah, it's like I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, so well. Some of those things are traditions and fun, but well, I get what you're and, saying. But that's what I'm saying. It was it was a tradition was to a do treat. that stuff, and it, it made that special. Now it's just like... We know. just do it because it's a convenient, and we're trained to yeah. just do it. But yeah. you have told me that you're a cook. I do like to cook, yeah. What's your, what do you like to cook? And can, I, can I interject really you quickly? Because what I was going to say I was rebelling against oh, is, yeah. is like the typical, stereotypical man, like idea of a man like go out and fix my fix my truck and i wish i could fix and shoot some deer and skin it and yeah fish and it's like all these manly things i cannot do but then but then my wife was like but you're not rebelling against that stuff like you're not you you just suck at that stuff (laughs) (laughs) like you're not actively trying to avoid that but are you okay with not doing those things I would like to be able to do a lot of those things. See, but... yeah, sometimes I feel like I wish I was a hunter. Yeah. But I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, not that it's bad, dude. It's it's great. But the I... first thing I ever killed, I cried. Oh. <laughs> I shot a snake, dude. We were out riding motorcycles and I had a BB gun and I shot a snake. How old I didn't were you? think I was going to hit it. I don't know, nine. Uh-oh. And I just cried. It died. Yeah. It cried. What a... What a snake, a... too. Yeah. I hate snakes. I killed I killed a bird since we've been living in or I've been married and yeah. it was in our gutter and that was the first thing I killed and I did I can't say I honestly cried but I seriously felt sick inside. Did you? Because <laughs> I shot it. It was with just a uh, like a ratchet. Yeah, what's like, that? Like the lever action BB yeah. gun and I shot it once and it it's just like what <laughs> like flapped and was in its it's in its nest just sitting there like sitting on its super babies. still and I was like I don't think it's dead. And then I shot it again and it fluttered again, like fell on the ground and blood was just like pulsing out of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sick. Like, How'd you get rid of it? Well, I, I went inside and I just sat down and I was like, caught my breath. And then I think, I think I probably picked it up like a, a poop, like put a bag yeah, over my hand bag. or something. I don't know. Threw it in the trash can? Yeah. Anyways, that was off track. I do like to cook. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Super manly. Super manly. That's the thing. Like, what does super manly even mean? Yeah. What do you think it means? I guess, like I said, like a a red flannel shirt and chopping down trees. You're obviously, you're a dude. Yeah. We're men. Last time I checked. (laughs) What's funny is I was reading this book. I wish I knew what it was. So whoever did, who wrote this or said this, I'm sorry. 
But it was this guy talking about how he was at this event and there was a dude speaking to men. And, and I think they were teenagers who were probably struggling with their identity as dudes. Okay. You know? And he's like, do you know what it, what it takes to make a man? Hmm. Right? No. And we're probably thinking a lot of these things that are more culturally. Yeah. He And he, his punchline is you have a penis in your pants. Huh? That's yeah. it. There you go. That's a good point. So, point. Was that supposed to be a pun? Oh. <laughs> Your face is like, what? Um, so what do you think it takes to be a man? Other than having male genitalia. Yeah. That's that's very poignant in today's day and age. It's, uh, um, but you, for you. You're a dude. You're a dad. Yeah. You're, you're a man to your daughter, to your son, and to your wife. Like, and it matters. So... You're yeah. okay with not having to go shoot a deer, which if you wanted to shoot a deer, great. But yeah. that's not necessarily the thing that makes you a dude. Right. So what do you think it is manlier. that makes you a man? Yeah. I mean, what makes me a man is I do take care of my family. I mean, my wife's always made more than me, except for I think one year while she took off work to go to school. That's that's another thing, like... That's not your typical role, you know, like the Are you provider. okay with that? I'm, I'm more than okay with that, you know? It's like, but sometimes I feel like, should I be okay with that? Like, I don't know. Because culturally you feel like maybe there's this expectation that you shouldn't feel that way? Because I think it's rad that you are okay with it. Yeah. I think the, the worst part is that I wish I could have provided for her to be able to stay home with the kids. But now that they're both in school, like, I don't think she'd want to stay but does home. She enjoy her, does she enjoy her job? Now, now she does, yes. She yeah, did, and I shouldn't didn't. say, like, enjoy is, like, the key to it because yeah. we don't always have to, like, super enjoy every piece of what we do. But but that's your guys' story, and I, I don't know. Yeah. If she likes what she does and she enjoys getting out there and stuff, I think that that's awesome. That yeah. Okay, so there's one thing. So you said providing for your family. Yeah, um, being a protector. I, but I could tell you plenty of stories where... My wife's been mad at me because maybe I didn't do the most protectory thing, or, but, we'll, yeah, we'll not go into those. I don't know. Standing next to you, I feel like a child. You feel like more of a man than I do. Uh, I'm a sizable man, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sizable. I, yeah, I I feel manly enough. I don't I don't know. I think taking care of my family, provide for them in other ways. I guess because if if I didn't cook, then we'd be eating a lot of takeout. My wife was never taught to cook, so and that's you know, okay too. I and and I I love it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. And you know, I think I think I have extra manly friends, maybe, and so it makes me feel self conscious around them. Not you. Thank <laughs> I'm you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, because I, they're all talking about what I see. Like I don't know anything about sports. I don't know anything about hunting. I don't know anything about a lot of the. Stuff so yeah. I sometimes have trouble just hanging out because I'm like, dude, I don't know. But see, and that's what I love is that you're you seem so secure with that, and it's like I just love that, and I think that's why I need to be around you more because it 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 oozes out of you and it it's it's contagious. Just but that. I've told you this before too is that I think I'm insecure about some stuff. It doesn't come off that way. So and I'm not know. trying to hide anything. Yeah. I'll openly tell you, you know. But I just I almost think that. All of us through our life are kind of asking the question, like, am I good enough? Mm, At some level. Oh, and, sure. and I think, like, my parents love me. My wife loves me. Mm. 
but I think at some level, your kids love you. And my kids love me. <laughs> Sorry. Except when we were in the house just now, I played a prank on my daughter. So she just went into sixth grade. Uh-huh. And it's sixth grade dance tomorrow. Oh, no. And so I look at my wife it's and I'm like, I'm like, should we tell her? And my wife knows I'm up to something. So she's like, I don't know. Should we? And I was like, let's tell her. And, and I said, good news. The school emailed and they needed chaperones for the dance mm. tomorrow. <laughs> and we're going to be there. And don't oh, worry. No. We'll, and, you know, and my wife, Sarah, was like, and don't worry. We'll only dance with each other. <laughs> yeah. oh, and she stood up and she's That's like, awesome. no, no, I'm not going. So I don't know. I, yeah, they love me, but I don't think they think I'm very cool all the time. <laughs> well, and I, you posted that thing. I'm like, if you're not, if you're not cool, then I'm, I'm in big trouble. So <laughs> that was when know. my daughter told me I dress like a dad. Yeah, that's, that's insane to me i think, <laughs> think you're a very well dressed man man oh not manly but well dressed but not manly in a good way you're secure with it see i don't feel that i guess i just kind of said i did feel the need to be manly but i don't want to be that okay. i like i like the way i am i guess see okay so i there's like two things that i go this is rad that this dude provides one i think is that you've said you're secure hmm. like yeah, I think all of us might struggle a little bit like, am I this or am I that or whatever? Because we're all still, I think, you know, tweaking out our identity as we grow. Yeah. But you're secure with where you are. And that's killer and super important. And for your kids to see that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say, I think it's the word vulnerable. Huh. I think that to be a man, you need to be vulnerable. I feel like I got that one down. Do you feel like you're a vulnerable, dude? I do. Yeah. How come? I I feel like I'm that guy that just overshares. Maybe like I don't know. Like just lays it all out there. Yeah, I'm, I, and I feel like I get those looks. Like why are you saying that? Like or you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. I put people off. I don't. know. I like it, dude. And as you're sharing all your stories, I'm like, dude, this guy's way open huh. and vulnerable to share whatever. You know, to even say, I don't know that every dude would say, yeah, my wife makes more than me. Yeah. But you just said it and it's all, it's, why not? Okay. Why does it matter? I got a sugar mama, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> but you make her feel secure about that too. I hope. You'll have to oh, ask her I don't her know, that dude. One. The yeah. way you're talking about it, it seems like it, so. Well, she's not here. Yeah, she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. All right. So, dude, a few years ago we were hanging out. Yeah. And you shared a hilarious story with me yeah and i asked you hey dude will you share it come lighten the mood on the podcast share something real that other dudes can relate to so i'm going to preface this a little bit with okay why let's hear it okay all of us have stuff and life is messy right i mean that's just the reality of it yes all of us make mistakes some of them funnier than others yeah, yeah. and i think that there doesn't always have to be this like huge lesson from it of like there was this drastic life-changing thing sometimes sometimes things happen we learn a little bit from it we grow and sometimes they still might peek their head around every once in a while you know but i get that some things we don't want people to know yeah um but then sometimes there's things that are just too funny not to tell people and just so random yeah so what happened? All right. So this was 
uh, we were new at the church that we were going to, and we were in a small group, and we had six families in the small group, so 12 people all together, um, or 12 couple or of the couples, and Halloween was coming around, and we're like, it would be really cool to do a murder mystery night. I was like, oh, we've done one of those before, that would be awesome, and the person that was leader of the group was like, yeah, you know, we've done one before, we can do this one again, like, it, it went over well, and... So she's, you know, she's really artistic and, and just did the whole so house So, like, going to blow this whole thing out. Yes. Like, so time. it was getting really built up. And I, okay. was, I was feeling the pressure. We, you know, we're new to this group. I mean, it was a new group, so we're all new. But I was like, I don't want to show up in, it was Western themed. I don't want to show up in a, some cowboy boots or something and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Cowboy Joe. Like, yeah. I wanted to go all out. I wanted Heck to do yeah. this right. Okay. And so we had this awesome neighbor at the time who was a former Marine, I don't, or you don't call them former Marines, he was a Marine, disabled, mm-hmm. um, and he's just your American dude and has guns, and I was like, this guy's going to be able to get me ready. So he he's like, I got boots for you, I got a duster, I got a, a holster, all this all this crap. So I'm like, yes, this is going to be Dialed. awesome. Like, yeah. So we get our costumes ready and everything, and it was like, we were going to win this. And I'm like, I know I'm an awkward dude. I'm not very socially uh, good. I don't know what's socially, uh, I am socially awkward. And so I know I got to do something to be good at this thing where I can really, you know. Show uh, up and make a statement. Exactly, yeah. Really um, dive into this role. I forget my name that I was, but I was, I was the bad guy okay. and my wife was the bad woman. And, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna have to drink a little. So we, we planned this out. Um, I'm like, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a few shots at home. Cause I don't want to show up and just start pounding shots looking like, Hey, who's this guy? You know, like it's a Christian party for the most part, you know? So I knew I was going to have to do a little pre-gaming. So I'm not showing up and just drinking alcohol like yeah. crazy. So the whole plan was I'm going to drink a little bit at home. My wife's going to up a little. Yeah, my wife's going to drive us there. So anyways, you know, she'd be able to have a she couple of the party. She like she needed a pregame right, because right. she was like, "Hey, I'm not socially awkward." So she could have a glass of wine or two at the party and be fine. And then I would be sobered up by then and I would drive us home and it was a great plan. I ever since I've been married have been dieting every different diet you can think of. So I was on some diet at that time and, uh, I don't know. And I also eaten in like four days and then had shots. Yeah, no, I didn't, you know, I wasn't starving myself, but it's something like that. I, and I, for some reason I never drink whiskey and I don't know why I chose whiskey that night. Mm, probably cause you were dressed up in a cowboy outfit. That's probably, probably, yeah. I, I bought a flask from target. I had a, I filled that bad boy up, which doesn't fit into our plan of me pre-gaming and then, driving home so that was probably a part bad of, idea uh, let's just say it's part of the costume yes yes it fit the fit the role so you drive over to the house yeah so we go over everything's going great show up and i'm i'm killing it man i was awesome i was on fire so just on fire joke 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 I, did, joke. I, I didn't break the role at all i was i was whatever so you're so you're doing the uh murder mystery you're on fire with yeah. your role People are asking questions. I'm, I'm in. I was doing some voice. I don't know. And I was at. <laughs> I at was, least in your head, it was, it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, 
That's true. <laughs> Looking back. <laughs> well, actually, I have proof that it was awesome. Okay, okay. I, I did win the best... best uh, uh, in character? Yeah, like best... The award for best actor or something. Okay, cool. And I still have that to So this you're day. on it. Okay. Um, so it w- was a good night. Yeah. And so it was, it was great. And the last thing I remember was the person getting killed in the murder mystery yeah. party. And that was a time where the party kind of slowed down and we all sat around and we had to like discuss it and figure out who did it. So I guess I started nodding off at that point. My wife is like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? She looks over at me. You're embarrassing me. These are new friends. You're here. You're falling asleep in the party. Like, so she pulls me aside and she's like, you need to go sleep it off. And so she pulls me outside somehow and like, just go get in the car, sleep it off. You're embarrassing me. Apparently said some not so nice things to her. I don't know what, but you know, that's what she said at least. Um, but I, I made up my mind that I was not going to sleep in the car. I made up my mind that I was going to walk home that night. I said, you know, obviously. How far were you from home? Um, probably three-ish miles, three and a half miles. Too long to walk. Um, but she was so fed up with me at that point. She's like, whatever. Do have, it. have fun. Go get them. And so off I went on my merry way. And in your, in your cowboy outfit. In my full-on cowboy outfit, I had a bandage on my hand with food coloring. It was blood red, uh, full-on duster, cowboy hat, handkerchief, <laughs> flannel shirt, everything. I, I looked awesome. And uh, my my wonderful neighbor I told you about gave me a real good old pistol to wear on my hip. So I was doing a lot of uh, the twirlies, you know, walking <laughs> oh, down the shoot. street. Twirling, twirling the gun. Because you needed something to do while you're walking. Yeah. And that so felt... he gives you a like real Western revolver. That actually was like his granddad's or something. Oh it was it was a family gun. So yeah, we'll get to that. But that kind of sucks. Um, a little foreshadowing. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> no. So I another rem- memory I have is walking through a crosswalk trying to do my twirlies. And I dropped it. And I remember picking it up, and this is probably, I mean, there was a car sitting there. I remember headlights. And so, you, you got to imagine you're sitting in, in At you a four-way know, stop at like, what, suburbia. 10 o'clock at night? It had to be at yeah, 9 or 10. Okay. You just see this cowboy walking down the street, twirling his gun. And, uh, dude, so, I guess I didn't make it home that night. I found a bush that looked more comfortable than my walk home. And I laid down in it. And, uh, yeah, that's where I got picked up by the popo. The f- oh, the fuzz. my gosh. So, um, full on bandaged up yeah. cowboy local police. So, the police report said something like he was laying there, the gun was six inches from his hand or something. You know, the police officer walked up, kicked the gun out of the way. Um, and proceeded to handcuff me and said, due to his physical size, we needed two pairs of handcuffs to restrain him. And I was like, you don't have to put that in there, man. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, but so this was right around the time of Black Lives Matter and when it was just breaking and mm-hmm. all that. And that's a hot topic as a teacher that comes up a lot. And so I just remember being like on the cop side with this. It's like, man, 
it's a hard job being a cop if a cop tells you to do something just freaking do it yeah like put your hands up all right my hands are up whatever so i just remember with the cop you know whatever just me being really complimentary and like you know man you guys have it tough like we already know this about you when you've been drinking. You're very nice with the compliments. See, that's what my wife says. I'm usually like, I'm very, tell her how much I love her and how beautiful she is. But this night, I I, I wasn't that oh. way. But, but with the, at least with the police officers, I was. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, yeah. I was like, man, you guys have it tough. People just need to listen, you know. And you tell me to put my arms behind my back, I'm going to. And just stuff like that. And I remember it said something in the police report, like he... He's very cooperative. So that was the good thing. Um, I remember being in the back of the car being like, are you guys taking me home? And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to take a little oh, stop. Oh, dang. So the town I got picked up in doesn't have a lot of action. And, you know, it's yeah. it's a pretty slow town. So I think they were ready to, to bust, yeah. bust yeah. them a, a bad guy. And uh, and rightfully so. I was being an idiot. Um you know, thank God I wasn't still twirling my gun when the cops pulled up. I could be dead, you know, now. Shoot. So I, it, I I understand it's a very serious situation. I've learned to laugh at it s- since then. But, you know, it could have ended a lot worse. Um, but so then they take me to the jail and they put me in a holding cell. And I remember, all I remember is there's people everywhere, just everywhere. Um, and so the only place for me to lay down was right next to the toilet. I remember waking up at some point in the night and a dude was using the toilet and that was pretty gross and, you know, but that was that, um, I did have my concealed carry at the time. And so when they but were you like, didn't have it on you, not my real gun. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a real gun, but not my, not yeah. my carry. And weapon. You had no ammunition. Right. It was completely empty. I didn't even know what caliber it was, you know, so I, yeah. To me, that was a costume gun, but um, so they were booking me, and he was going through my wallet and saw my CCW card. He's like, "Oh, you have your CCW," and I was like, "Yeah, man, that thing's a pain to get. You know, it took me forever." He's like, he just chuckled and he's like, "No, you don't." And like, I don't think he threw it away because I don't think he was able to. But you know, he just said that, and I, that's when it hit me. I was like, "This is not good." And uh, then, you know, I had to get a lawyer. They talked about, like, are you going to want to post bail or, or, you know, are you going to stay here? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I have, I have work on Monday. What's, like, because I think he said the next court day is Tuesday or something. I was like, Dang. I was like, I don't, I don't know how this works. Like, yeah. And he's like, well, that. when we put you back in there, there's a wall and it's got a bunch of numbers on it. You can use a phone in there and call a lawyer. So, I think... So by this time, it's the morning, and my wife had already figured out that I wasn't, didn't make it home. She, her mom was watching our kids, so she had to make up some story that Joe went to grab some some fast food or something, and he'll be back, so to explain why I wasn't Yeah, just like, I need to figure this out, let's figure this out. So then she, you know, was calling people, trying to figure out what happened, and I think the police had called her at that point, um... So, you know, but anyways, so I don't think I tried calling her with the call. Maybe I did. Um, oh no, I did. And I got a hold of her and it was a collect call, but then like our phone provider only like allowed a certain amount of time. So it cut off. Dude, could you imagine what was her freaking 
she gets a call from me you're like i'm in jail yeah yeah so <laughs> it's not funny it's, it's not it's and like it, not funny but it also is yeah yeah i'm glad i can laugh at it now and surprisingly enough she she held it together and didn't you know scream at me on that yet it was a yeah i mean oh yet okay well but still dude that's all anyways go on so i think i think a lot of it was because i was rude to her so that was one thing and then it's scary you know her getting home and i'm not home yeah you know so trying to look at it from her perspective it definitely wasn't funny just yet um (laughs) but you know i ended up getting bailed out and all that and she picks me up and that car ride home was a long one really and it was just she was bummed yeah, yeah. And it was it was exactly that. It was more like, I, if she was yelling and screaming at me, I'd be like, mm, all right, like, you know, this is how she's getting back at me or whatever. Yeah. But she was just quiet and just like, and I just remember it, it was bad. And we ended up having to hire a lawyer. And, you know, because for me, it was like, oh, this is just a funny story. Like, I was dressed up in, in a costume. This is all very clear that this is just, I yeah. mean, it, it is what it is. But so your intentions. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just going to go to court on my court date and be like, hey, judge, like this, it's all really funny. Just listen. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. And it wasn't like that at all. But I had a police neighbor and he's like, dude, you can't go in and talk for yourself because then you're admitting guilt and all this stuff. And so we had to pay a couple thousand dollars for a lawyer, which really sucked, which also added to the reason why wifey was not so happy with that. But, uh, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it it ended up, it ended up all right, I guess, at the end of it. And it was funny because I think when she finally learned to laugh at it was calling up lawyers trying to explain to them the situation. And one of the the lawyer's assistants or whatever that was talking to her just like started busting up on the phone. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, this is for real? And she's just this like, is a yeah. Prank call. And so it was really shameful, I guess, because it was at a a church party and you know none of them are doing this and it, like you said well, like they were it, all drinking it feels it feels like everybody's got their stuff together though and it's like they would never do that and they would never you know get drunk enough to walk home and and up until that point i had never done that either you know but and since then i've never done it but i don't know um so i i carried a, a lot of just like embarrassment and stuff um, we didn't end up telling them until recently. So this was like five years ago. We probably told them this year, this past year. Um, well, what did they say? It, you know, they, they laughed at it and just, yeah. I don't know. They're they're totally fine with it and didn't judge or anything. And it was it was it was a big relief to tell them and stuff. But and I'm sure it'll be a big relief for me to tell my parents when I do. <laughs> I'm sorry again, mom and dad. But dude, I've heard you've told me this like pieces of the story before, and mm. I remember the first time I think we were all hanging out, maybe down in the bar. Yeah, you know, one night you told the story, and I think when you even had told me, I think this was a few years ago. Yeah, and I think that you had told me almost like feeling us out because you, me, and some dudes had been hanging out just like once a month. Maybe have a beer and some bratwurst. And... I think it was just you and Josh there at the time. Yeah. Like and... Before other guys had shown up. Yeah. And you were like, felt like you really needed to tell something. Yeah. Because, and you told us, and 
I mean, we did. There, we just. It was just a story. It was just a story. Yeah. Like it was. It was funny. It was a bummer. Yeah. Right. Total freaking bummer. Yeah. But funny. But I think, dude, how many? Every single person that's married that's listening to this yeah. has been in some sort of stupid fight with their spouse, and could have ended in some weird random ass thing that happened to you. Yeah. It just happened to be the wrong night, the wrong costume. Yep. Yeah. But I don't think you have anything to feel bad about. I mean, like you said, you 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 felt so much pressure to go over and have a good time. Yeah. You know. And I'm not saying like that's anybody's fault. Right. It just is what right. it is. But the first time you've ever had to walk home, walk it off, and you haven't done it since, it's like, dude, I don't think there's any shame or guilt or anything it's it's just a thing that happened yeah that's random a really bad choice you know in the moment and stuff and i don't i don't know i mean i guess the yeah the the drinking a little bit too much but it's like yeah you're on a diet you you're trying to like have a good time it was awesome and fun it just ended up being a little too much yeah like and that's just something i think all of us have to learn sometimes is one's enough enough and like when you had when i'd ask you to talk about it you're like well like what's the big aha from it and i think sometimes people expect this i haven't had a drop of alcohol since then or i never had a beer again but you didn't have a problem right right and so when we come up with these stories like and i never did this again i think everybody listening goes well that story just lost total anything for me because this is something you know like i i do have a beer after work or on a friday after work or yeah whatever it's like this is just something that happened like i don't think you should feel bad about it i think you should i mean just continue to laugh about it i think it's funny yeah. and here's why i think it's fun to talk about one because it's so random and two all of us have these little things that are messy uh-huh. They might not be as funny, but we might feel really shitty about them. Yeah. And it's not what defines us, right? It's a thing that happened. But if they don't define us, it's just something. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we carry around these things and it's we feel like, oh my gosh, if the world knew this about me, oh man. Yeah. My whole identity would be wrapped up in it. No. No. Like, I think just like with your kids... Not that you need to go tell your kids a story, but being open yeah. and transparent with our families and kids, like you had said before, is I'm being vulnerable with something and pe- lets people know that we're real. Yeah. And it, it just came up recently because I went to my son's <laughs> church camp. And so, yeah, I was like... Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just at a meeting, like a pre-camp meeting, and they... You know, they had said, oh, you need to go get fingerprinted. And I was like, I kind of knew in the back of my head, like, oh, I wonder if that's going to be a problem. So at the end of the meeting, I was like, hey, like, can I get the the form for the fingerprinting? He's like, oh, yeah, hold on. And then he went and got the other pastor and, like, took me on this walk. Like, it was weird. We had to get into a certain room. We ended up walking, like, around the whole thing. And they sit me down and they're like, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't think this was you, but we've got like a gun charge and a alcohol charge or something, or something like, 
I don't know. Where it just sounds like it's been this yeah, awful thing. Yeah, I was like, well, funny story. Let me let me pull up a chair. Like, And one of the pastors was like totally, just seems like a normal dude, and was just like, oh, thank you for sharing and you know being vulnerable, like you said. And the other one was just kind of looking at me like, holy crap, like, I don't... I don't know if we can still let you come to this camp, but I ended up going, and it actually was a problem a year before that for Noah's school as well. They called up, and and we had to explain what happened, and that it got cleared, but um, I don't know. How yeah. do you feel when you retell the story? I love, I, I, it's fun, you know. Dep- I, is it knowing, depending on who you tell? Yeah, knowing you've already heard it and stuff before, it's, you know, I don't know, but I, I love to tell a good story, especially yeah. being a teacher, like, you know, I get I get a joke or something. I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm like a lame comedian with with a captive audience. Yeah, like yeah. they have to laugh because it's like, you know, it's better than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, actually, if I could take a side today's today's joke, uh, <laughs> why why can a person with a foot fetish never win a race? Why? Because they love the taste of defeat. <laughs> Do you give your students a joke every day? I I try to, yeah. Just to, you know, it's math is boring for the most part for most people, and so if I can get them to laugh or think about something else, I don't know. But yeah, that was oh, so it's it is fun to tell a story. I I love telling a good story, but you know, dude, I'm just sitting here smiling. I just think the whole thing from start to finish is, I mean, it's just so comical and so. Like, how did that happen? And so random. It's yeah. like all the stars aligned for this perfect story to happen to follow you around. And yeah. I think it's... And it does. <laughs> and it does. around. <laughs> but yeah. I think you're past the feeling bad about it. You know, like even as we've talked about, should we talk about it? Should we share the story? Yeah. It's like, dude, there is zero to feel bad about. Other than, like you said... I wish I wasn't fighting with my wife, but how many yeah. other times do I wish I wasn't fighting with my wife and be a little bit of a turd? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'm trying to grow in that every single year because right. I want to be better. And there's the word, but I want I do. <laughs> I want to be better to my family as much as I can always. Yeah. But at the same time, not be too hard on myself. Like, don't appreciate the growth that I've already done. Hmm. Yeah. When do you think you'll tell your son the story? I've thought about that. I I hope I can wait till his twenty first birthday. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like that would be fitting. But yeah, I think it'd be fitting. But like, uh, have fun, but not too much. Yeah. Know your limits. Yeah, and then that's something I always respect about my parents is I feel like I I honestly have no idea to this day. Like I feel like I wonder about their past or whatever. They grew up in the seventies and you know like sixties and I don't know. I don't. I I know very little. About them. About and, their past. Yeah, and so I kind of respect that. And so with, you know, my kids growing up and when do I tell them and how much do I tell them? And, yeah, and what's necessary and what's right. not. Right. And so I, I think I, on it, I I really respect that way. But I think I'd like to also share a little more as a cautionary tale, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess my dad's told me stories about, you know, drinking with buddies that like to get in fights. And, yeah. you know, him having to break it up and stuff and... So he's not like a complete closed book or anything, but I don't know. So I, I always like that where it's like, that's the past. Don't worry about that. Like, But we can learn from the past. But a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I, I will share, but someday. And like you said, like 
like I, I did tell you, you're probably one of the first church people I told. Um, if I'm sorry if I call you that no. church person, <laughs> no. but one of the people I knew from church and, um, you know, we didn't want to tell the people in the group cause it just felt, you know, it was embarrassing. You sure. Yeah. But my wife told, like I told you before, my wife told just like some random people, like really she soon after. She probably needed to get off her chest. And I think, and exactly at that point, it was her story to tell. Cause it's like, you put me through this. I'm going to, I don't think she did it to embarrass me or anything. It was just at that point, she literally could, or legitimately could laugh at it yeah. and be okay with it. And it was kind of like a weight off our shoulders kind of a thing. So those were people that we didn't really even know that well. So I was like, you know, so I was trying to like feel out the waters with people I'm going to have to actually see again. And, you know, I don't Isn't know. it funny how sometimes just saying something can just like relieve so much oh, totally. pressure that we're holding in. And it's like, we like build up this story of like, oh my gosh, this, like, I don't even know what we think is going to happen. Yeah. But just saying it, like all of a sudden we just get it out. It's yeah. out. And like this pressure inside us is gone. Dude, I feel like that's the aha for like this whole conversation. Yeah. Not that we need some aha or whatever, but just saying something sometimes, like something we've been carrying around forever, just find that safe person we could tell. Dude, Joe, you're not so average, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess. If average is being intentional with your kids and <laughs> doing a job year after year, day after day, because you know it's a good job for your family and putting their needs before your needs. If that's average, then I hope every other dad out there is like that. You know, and intentionally wanting to grow or be better this year than you were last year, create a safe, open environment for your home. If that was average, dude, our world would look way freaking different. Hmm. Yeah. It would. You got it. That's the whole thing. Rebel and Create is like, and, and I'm not clowning men, but, but if more dads took their calling of fatherhood, and that was the thing for me. Like, I thought I was going to do something cool, and that's where my identity was. And I mm. realized, hey, my identity, I can, all the things I want as a man to be loved and respected and feel like I matter and feel like the protector and all this can come from me in my home, loving yeah. my family. And you're freaking doing that. And I guess, I guess that's the thing is maybe it just feels average. Hmm. It feels average to like go to the same job and like the same team and go home to the same wife and have the same kids and but like if we're secure in that yeah like you are yeah dude our world would look safer and happier and more full of love if we were apologizing to our kids and making stupid choices and then owning them and laughing at them yeah. and becoming better men because of them. Yeah. Dude, I think you're a great dad, husband, friend, human, telling jokes to your kids at school. <laughs> Not every teacher is doing that, dude. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you can keep calling yourself average Joe, but I hope everybody else becomes average. Totally. Whoever. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I appreciate that. I mean it. Thank you. I mean it, dude. This conversation has been super killer. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Well, dude, thanks for sharing your story. You're a great dude. Thank you. And I look forward to more times hanging out, laughing at stupid (laughs) shit with you. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. I just love this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation uh, as much as I enjoyed having it. And I just want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to the podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and the community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Again, stay tuned. Every Monday, we'll be putting up a new episode. And if you enjoy the conversation, please share it with another dad. Oh, 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 oh,